Welcome to the Doc G Show, a radio show cluster. F- Without further ado, critics have said he has the face for radio and a voice for silent films. Your host, Ben Doc G Gordon. And we are on the air. Welcome to the Doc G Show. I'm your host, Doc G. With me, as always, the one, the only, Mikey Maximus the Furnicus. Say what? Charette. Doc G, what's up, sir? Hmm. <laughs> uh, I was stoned by your question, Mike, because it came out of, <laughs> it came out of nowhere, right? You never ask that. It's amazing. I always ask uh, the same thing. You do. You do. But, uh, you know, I, I appreciate it. I appreciate yeah. it. I'll tell you what's up, though, Mike. Yeah. Thanksgiving special. Thanksgiving special. That's oh. a good one. Thanksgiving special. What? Yeah. Woo. My gosh. It's a magical time, Mike. It really is. Seven years strong. Hmm. 350 mother flipping shows, Mike. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I love it. I, I love the fact, and I didn't try to do this at all. Listeners, are, they might have picked up on this if they're very close listeners to the show, which means no one picked up on this. Um, <laughs> but I like how it just came out that, I'll, you know, we take two weeks off of the show, which means we have 50 shows a, a year. And our Thanksgiving special falls right on the even 50. So mm-hmm. we always get a, a, a 350, a 400, a 250 on the Thanksgiving special. It makes Ooh. it that that more dramatic, Mike. So we've got the yeah. 350th show right now. That's so satisfying. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you have any estimate of how many uh, you've been a part of, Mike? Um... No, like, no idea. 116, Mike. Oh, I was going to say 100. You you have 116. been over a third of our shows. Over a nice. third. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, well, not over a third. Almost a third. Yeah. yeah. You're right below it. But mm-hmm. this isn't a show about fractions, Mike. Nope. Even though <laughs> this is a celebration, I need... To let the listeners know, I'm prepared in case there's a medical emergency during this special, Mike. Word. Okay. I want you to know. That's good. All right. I want you to know. As you are well aware, Mike, I have many associates and friends that are in the medical industry. You know? Hmm. Got a lot of those folks in my life. And I got uh, several that are in emergency medicine. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And in fact, just a couple of days ago, I was talking to one of them. Uh, We were chatting, shooting the breeze, me and her. And uh, she was telling me how she's all about it, Mike. I don't know if you're like her. I'm definitely not like her. She's all about the heat of the battle, Mike. Being in the the sea of emergency, you know? Mm. Ew. She's just like, oh, it's so amazing. Like, somebody comes in, they got a gunshot, they're bleeding out, you got to do this and that. And I was like, no. (laughs) <laughs> oh, I am not all about that. I would run in the other direction, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And you know, as we're talking about it, she was like, she was like, yeah, uh, I, I mean, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm nonstop working. And I was like, how often do you do CPR on a shift in the e- ER? And she was like, oh, that's every, that's every shift, every single time. I was like, what? She's like, yeah, there's at least one person you have to do CPR on every single shift. And I was like, again, I'm out. <laughs> as, as I've said on the show before, Mike, when you take a CPR class, they tell you nonchalantly that you're going to break some ribs. Yeah. Jeez. Break ribs. And, and that's too much for me. Yeah, that I don't is, like breaking ribs. As soon as I did that on a person, I'd be, oh, God. Oh, are they okay? Oh, what did I do? I heard a cracking sound. Oh, uh, not ribs. good. And you know what she told me, Mike? She was like, not, nah, that doesn't deter me. She was like, you know what? That's actually a little bit of a rush for me. What? Not going to lie, Mike. (laughs) That's a little concerning. (laughs) Like, I was like, really? You going to jump across the table right now and just smack me in the chest? (laughs) Ah, yeah. It gets me going. But, uh, you know. We were, we were talking about the rush, Mike, and, uh, you know, I was having a panic attack because that's not uh, anything that I want to do ever, but mm-hmm. I was indulging her. We were going mm-hmm. along the emergency uh, sidewalk, and uh, she was like, there was a little bit of a lull in the conversation. She was like, you know what? Those stories about the emergency room are true. Huh? And I was like, what are you talking about? And I got really, you know, I was like, whoa, like, is, are we like, are, what, like, are there abduction stories? Is it like, like medical procedures gone wrong? Harvesting organs? What are we talking about here? <laughs> you know? And she was like, no, 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 none of, no, none of that. None of that. I, I'm talking about people coming in with uh, things stuck up their butt. Ew. Oh, yeah. What? She was like, all the time. I was like, that. She's like, as much as the CPR. And I was like, no. She's like, okay, that's too much. That's a little too much. But still, happens all the time. <laughs> now, Mike, uh, unlike the CPR, I'm not nearly as frightened by that. Um, mainly because I've never heard of this being a life or death situation. You know, nobody's ever right. came in being like, we need to remove this now or this man dies. Which... It can happen, you know, if it pokes yeah. a hole in something, that could be, you know, deadly. Mm-hmm. But normally it's tucked away in there pretty nice. You just got to get it out of there somehow, you know. But mm-hmm. uh, even though I'm not as frightened by it, I do think I would be just as helpless in the situation if somebody <laughs> came in, just like the CPR situation. For sure. I don't even know what you would do in that situation. Do you get a pair of tongs and are like, yeah, we'll fish it out. It's still here. Or do you, or is it like a reverse CPR and you just get on the intestines Ugh. and push and just be like, we're going to push it out. Don't worry. Yeah, we get enough pressure. Down Heimlich. Exactly. We're, we're going to squeeze <laughs> in a position of, of, of 69. We've lost our, just don't worry. We're going to push it out here. Oh, gross. Uh, but, uh, she was like, yeah. I'll tell you about it, my. They, they've always got some excuse. So true. They always trip and fell on it, or a friend actually accidentally pushed them into it. And I was like, 
would you rather them be direct about it and just be like, hey, so I was doing some butt stuff to myself the other <laughs> night. And she was like, yeah, no, I'd rather be honest. And I was like, no, no, I don't need honesty there. You know, like, <laughs> well, doc, uh, here's how the pepper shaker got stuck up there. I'm going to, and I would just be like, no, 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 no. I'm going to stop you right there. We're going to chalk this up to an accident, and that's where it'll go to die. We don't need to know <laughs> any more about that at all. So true. And she was like, no, nah, like, I'd, I'd rather them come in and say, like, oh, man, this was a hookup gone terribly wrong. And I was like, wait, what? Even though I've never been in one of these situations, I can tell you all of these situations at the ER, none of them involve two people. That's a fact. There was never a hookup situation involved. These always involved one sad person and items going up their rectum, Mike. This was oh, not, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah. But then I, uh, I had to ask, I was like, have you ever seen someone you know come into the ER with this problem? Hmm. And she said no. And I was like, well, that's, that's good. That would be very very awkward if it was like your cousin Steve and you're like oh Steve oh, really oh, oh. again God, to, I'm kind of, <laughs> it's the third time this month Steve come on man come on but I told her if I came into the ER with a problem up my butt and I saw someone I know working at the ER I would without hesitation turn around and drive to the next hospital there is no I'm going to the next town over where I don't know anyone and I'm getting my butt checked out there. There is no way I'm going in and being like, ooh, yikes. Known this nurse for 24 years. This is going to be, hey, hey, Kristen, what's going on? Yeah, no, it's a funny story. Funny story with this pepper shaker. Ew. I don't want to <laughs> do that. I don't want to do that at all, Mike. Cause, and let's be honest. If someone you know is at that hospital and you've got something stuck up your butt, there is no amount of HIPAA laws that are going to keep them from telling that story to at least one person. Mm-hmm. No, and no, then no. that next one person is going to tell another person. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And by next Thanksgiving, you've got 10 million people that know about your pepper shaker up your butt. Yep. That's lame. It's no good, Mike. Yeah. Mike, I want to say here and now that if anything goes haywire and you or I or a listener get something accidentally stuck up our butt, I am prepared to drive us to a hospital that will keep our anonymity. Yes. That's, thank you. It will be a secret on this show. <laughs> Mike, are Maybe you ready not. to fire up? I'll tell everybody, Doc G. I don't oh, care. come on, Mike. <laughs> don't ruin it. Come on. We've uh, got to keep it a secret. That, that, that's, that's the Thanksgiving miracle of this show. <laughs> that's why I live in a different state. Like, I just do. I can go anywhere I want. I don't have to worry about anybody knowing who I am. Mike's pepper like, you know how no many times shaker. I've gone to a hospital with something on my butt in, in Nevada? It has been uh. several times. But, Mike, are you ready to fire up a Thanksgiving miracle without a single butt-related emergency? Let's fire up the show. Five, all three engines up and burning. Two, one, 
zero and lift off. Oh my goodness, Mike. A fantastic one. As I said, 350. 350. I'm excited. Yes! We have none other than Mr. Lewis Black, a legend. My goodness. Been Legendary. on the Daily Show 27 years. He's won Grammys. He's performed on some of the biggest stages in the world. He performed at Carnegie Hall. Mm. And Mike, this is big news. This actually happened after we interviewed him. I don't know if you saw this big news. He's retiring. Yeah, he's retiring from touring. Yeah, next year. Next year, he's got one mm -hmm. more to tour. Mm -hmm. uh, and then and then he's. it's just going to be very few shows after that. Hmm. It's just going to be here and there shows. Not like he's been doing for the last 40 years of 150 shows a year. So you need to go see him, listeners. I, yeah, we do. We do. If you haven't seen him, you need to go see him. And the folks here yeah. in Jacksonville, Florida Theater, December 15th, we're going to talk about it. Mm. But today, we're going to be talking to him. And I can't wait. It's a fantastic interview. Hey, Doc G, little, uh, little factoid about uh, Lewis Black that mm -hmm. um, we didn't bring it up in the interview, but he's also mm -hmm. one of the highest paid correspondents on The Daily Show because of how long he's been yeah. on the show. Yeah. Getting, uh, I'm, I'm, I that's don't know, why they I don't, don't put him on that much because they have to pay him so much. I, I don't know if he'd be too jazzed about us talking about him uh, as far as in the interview. We're like, hey, so I heard you got paid. Well, he, yeah. brought, it up. he brought it up in another interview. Okay, and uh, yeah. and I was and I I thought that was interesting. Yeah, like, you know, wow. I mean, I'm Get not gonna I'm bucks. not gonna turn yeah I'm not gonna turn down money. That sounds good. That sounds, but first, Mike, we need to start where we start. Birthday suit. Happy birthday, Mr. President. Mike, uh, you're setting well above fifty percent. Uh, Seventy six out of one thirty five. Is where we're at. We're coming That's up good. on the end of the year. You know, we're coming up. You've 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 only got you know essentially five more here to get to 150. It's gonna be it's gonna be the tail end of birthday suit. I think maybe maybe two. I think you got two today. Okay. You might even have three. You might right. pull out the third and just amaze me. But uh, here's the condensed clue, Mike. Uh, born on November 22nd, 1984, she is Black Widow in the Marvel Universe. And this might be more relevant for you. She's married to Colin Jost. Hmm. Black Widow, Colin Jost. To be honest with you, Doc G, I don't know. Black Widow? I don't know. Yeah. Nah, uh, you're not, you're, you're not no, one of those. Not one Marvel. of those. Uh, yeah, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. Uh, let's see if anything else will get you. Ever watch the movie Lost in Translation? Yeah, no? I've seen you it. Did? You Wait, did? I think. Maybe. <laughs> well, that's pretty strong. When you probably she, know. When was she born, Doc G? 84. 84, okay. She's Any, a very, very good-looking lady. Any other movies? Lost in Translation? Any uh, other Horse creds? Whisperer, Match Point. Um, Iron Man, because she played Black Widow in Iron Man as well. She wow. was just in the movie Asteroid City. Um, Asteroid City, no, I didn't see that one. Uh, her initials, Mike, I'm going to go down to initials, SJ. 
Hmm. Girl, come on. No idea. Ah, you're gonna you're gonna kick yourself on this one, Scarlett Johansson. Oh, Scarlett. Come on. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Scar, you missed it. Oh uh, man, nah. Let's redo. <laughs> Turn it back. <laughs> Scratch doesn't count. Fault. Oh, yeah. come on, Scar Joe. I. Yeah. She, uh, I did know that. Uh, oh well, that's okay. Gotcha, gotcha, Mike. Gotcha. Yeah, she she started young. Started had her first film debut when she was nine. So she's she was been in the Disney Club, right? Yeah, Wasn't she in the Disney? I don't think so. No. I don't think so. No, no. But uh, she did Match Point 2005, uh, 2008. I didn't know this, Mike. She had a music career. Like, she's done music periodically. Huh? Hmm. I've listened to none of it. But she released her debut album uh, back in 2008. Uh, so, yeah. In 2010... Uh, that's when she first started Black Widow, as far as the uh, as far as the character there. But yeah, and then she married Colin Jost in 2020. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. Hmm. Turning uh, turning a uh, three nine, Mike three yeah. nine for Scarlett Johansson. Happy birthday, uh, yeah. Scarlett. Uh, Mike, are you ready to rip some headlines? Let's rip some headlines, Doc G. It's now time for Rip from the Headlines. Mike, interesting population data from the United States Census. You ready? Yes, sir. The census estimates that one in four Americans in the U.S. will be Latino by 2060. Hmm, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Mike, I can't wait to become Latino. <laughs> I'm not sure why it has to wait until I'm 75, but I hope I'm one of the four. I will be one a proud Latino American. You don't even know, Mike. I don't know which Me country too. I'm going to represent, but it's it's going to be good. Mm -hmm. So don't you worry, listeners. I'm very excited. Very excited. Mike, uh, Prince William, you know that character. Right? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He has been named sexiest bald man of the year. Word. Sexiest bald man. Yes, sexiest bald man of the year. Which first, Mike, I got to back my bald friends here for a second. That seems a little offensive. You know? A little bit. Like, why do you need to have a whole separate category for bald men? Right? Yeah! Hmm. Like that's like that's it's like you're saying that's the fastest three-legged horse we've ever seen. This is not necessary. Bald fellas can ho hold their own weight, Mike, yeah, in the can. sexy category. You know. Mm -hmm. Second of all, Prince William, really? Like, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, no offense, but yeah. Who's the? Uh, uh, I forgot his name. He's the British guy. He's always in the. Um, he's Jason he's Satham. Stace, Jason Statham, yeah, yeah, you get it every yeah, year. exactly. Or yeah. what about the the Rock? I, or the Rock? Yeah, good. I mean, and on guy. their list, Mike, I looked at the list of uh, bald, sexy men. They still have Michael Jordan on that list in the top ten, which deservedly so. I, I mean, I'm the biggest Michael Jordan fan out there, but really, 
I mean, no offense, MJ, but, uh, you know, I mean, all right, fine. Okay, he's sexy. All right. If that's what it takes for him to come on the show, Michael Jordan, you are number one on my list. <laughs> number one sexiest man in the world. Uh, Mike, did you see uh, Snoop Dogg's Instagram yes, post? Yes, I did see it. I did see it. I post. knew Mike would be up on this news. A I knew he dis- would. A little uh, annoyed by that yeah. one. Yeah, so uh, listeners, if you did not see uh, see this, he posted, uh, I think this is about four days ago now, Uh, he said, after much consideration and uh, conversation with family, I've decided to give up smoke. Hmm. Please respect my privacy at this time. The post had 5 million likes, Mike, and had 200,000 comments. Jeez. Not only did it do that, Mike, but companies in marijuana business stocks actually went down significant mm-hmm. amounts because of this. Now, very interestingly, Mike, and not super surprising, it came out that he was actually just promoting the new solo stove smoke-free fire pit. Girl, come on. That's all it was. Loser. Just a promotion (laughs) for a fire pit. First of all, he better, if if that was his idea for a promotion, he better have gotten a lot of money from that. Yeah, it was. Because that stopped the world as far as the social media world. Everybody wanted to know about this. What? Snoop Dogg? What? No. They couldn't believe it, which I mean... I couldn't believe it. It's I could. He's 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 quit smoking before. But it's it, he's quit smoking in the past. But I mean, it's, it's Snoop. Long term. I know. Long term stopping. No. No. <clears throat> I don't know. You never know. Medical stuff. You know. It's like, and then you think like, oh, maybe he went to edibles or something like that. But, but you look at Willie Nelson, man. Willie Willie's been. They've been. They're they're locked in. They're locked in. I feel yeah. like it's one of those that they'll be like, hey, uh, we just did some medical tests, and uh, your lungs are going to explode if you continue to smoke. <laughs> and he'd be like, ah, we'll see. You know, like I just, yeah, I think I'll be fine. But anyways, folks, if you uh, were were concerned, it's it's just a media. It's just a, it's just a marketing stunt. Just yep. a marketing stunt. Uh, Mike, this was an interesting one a little little scary for our Southern California listeners. Some folks in Southern California, they're a little freaked out because there's been a rash of house burglaries, specifically in the San Fernando Valley, Mike. There have been at least three cases in the last week and a half of intruders that have broken into homes between 7 and 8 p.m. Generally, these robbers have involved several. Uh, these robberies have involved several men dressed in black hoodies. They break into the house, they ransack every room, take out the drawers, get jewelry, personal items, leave the house. Uh, Tim Gasper was one of the victims. His house was broken into November thirteenth. Looking at the damage in his house, Mike, he pointed to where the burglars entered and said. That's double-paned glass. 
I'm not sure what kind of tool they use to actually break the door in. Hmm. Mike, I'm I'm guessing they used whatever breaks glass. I don't mm-hmm. I don't I don't know if Tim is unaware, but double pane doesn't mean the same thing as invincible. Nope. Like he made it really sound like in this like how did they get through this thing? Uh with a fist or a hammer or anything mm-hmm. that breaks glass like you didn't put up a titanium wall, Tim. <laughs> it was double pane glass. What does double pane mean again? What is that? Two panes. Like just just That's it. Just so it's just two pieces of glass. Yeah. Now, okay. they can do some kind of insulation in between. They can do some other things, but generally, that's all that requires of double pane glass is hmm. two panes for more oh, okay. insulation. Yes. Now, Mike, for any citizens of San Fernando Valley that are concerned with these break-ins, I'm going to suggest uh, that they get an elaborate setup of burglar traps, just like mm. in Home Alone. You know? Yeah. Sweet. You get some trip wires. You get a tarantula or two. Some glass mm-hmm. light bulbs to walk on. Some tar on your steps. Super mm-hmm. hot doorknob. All these things work immensely uh, well. And I find mm-hmm. they are very funny when they are um, done by Macaulay Culkin when he's 11 years old. So Yeah, nobody's breaking into his house. No. He did a very, uh, especially not the slippery wet bandits. All right. Not occurring. That's a fact. Um, Mike, for whatever reason, U.S. uh, News and World Reports released their best places to live in Michigan for 23-2024. I don't know. Like, I didn't really, I just, I, I found the link on a news site and I was just like, all right. I guess. <laughs> and uh, not too surprisingly, Mike, Ann Arbor was number one. So Ann Arbor was number one place to live. Uh, Grand Rapids was number two. Lansing was number three. Kalamazoo, four. Number five, Detroit. And finally, Flint was number six. Hmm. Hmm. Flint made the top six. <laughs> I'm guessing they really started to rock it to the top once they got that water that didn't kill people. They were like, all right, <laughs> we're good now, guys. Come on in. This is an amazing place to live. It's weird. Weird. Did they fix that? They did. You know, they did. Like, yeah. They have replaced all pipes now, Mike. Literally. Really? It was last year. Uh, they finally got to it, uh, or at least huh. so they say. But a lot of people don't uh, trust it still, which is understandable. So they... yeah. Still drink bottled water, which I'd totally get. Uh, if you're asking me, Mike, Marquette, Michigan. Word. They got robbed. Marquette. Marquette. Yeah. Yeah. U- Upper Peninsula on Lake Superior. Cold as absolute f- <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Woo! Mike, bet you didn't know this. It's the third snowiest location in the lower 48. In, in really? Yeah, in the country. Their average Ugh. snowfall is 149 inches a year. Ugh. Over a foot a month, Mike. Ah, oh, that's too many feet. Yeah. yeah. And this this is even more depressing. In December, they have an average of 78 hours of sunshine a month. 
Ugh. Girl, come on. The whole month. That's how cloudy and dark it is. You get an average of two and a half hours of sunshine a day. Oh, that's not enough. Not anywhere close. Mm -mm. Bottom line, Mike, it's a, fan pla a fantastic place to live. I think think it should have been on the list. But, yeah. you know, I uh, before we came on the the, uh, the air, I was looking at our four-star listeners, Mike, and I noticed mm -hmm. that Farmington Hills... A suburb of Detroit is on uh, is on our regular semi regular listeners list. So I'm going to say the best place to live in Michigan is Farmington Hills. Mm -hmm. Yes, whoever lives in Farmington Hills is doing it right. They're yeah, they are. listening to the Doc G <laughs> show, and they would be fantastic neighbors. You could come over. You could have treats and appetizers and listen to the doc g show okay so that's where you should be living that's a fact mike do you know sofia vergara yes i definitely know sofia vergara yeah super attractive lady yeah. easy on the eyes very easy on the eyes modern family she was uh married to ed o'neill's character for the listeners mm. who are ancient like me and are looking for modern references um Anywho, Mike, she got a divorce. Oh. Yeah, this year she got a divorce, and she uh, she talked about it just recently to BuzzFeed News. Uh, they asked her if she was excited about having a fresh start after the divorce, and she said, quote, I don't know if there's such thing as a fresh start at 51. <laughs> I don't know if I'm fresh anymore, but I'm just excited. End quote. I like it, Mike. That's not overselling mm -hmm. anything, you know? Mm -mm. Sophia's like, hey, hey, I get the expectations too high. I don't have too much going on. She, it reminds me a lot of like a football team that fires the head coach halfway through the season because they're playing so bad. Like their record's like mm -hmm. 0 and 10, and they're like, we got to get this guy out of here. <laughs> yeah. And the interim coach comes in and he's like, hey, listen, we're not going to win games, but guess what? We got that old ball and chain off of us, so we're going to have some fun at least. Let's get out there. <laughs> Let's get crazy. Like, sort of seems like what she's doing, you know? So, mm -hmm. hats off to Sophie. If she's interested, hey, I'm out. I'm here. Word. I'm, I'm, still, I'm still available, Sophia, if you're looking to... <laughs> Head on down to Florida, America's penis. I'm here. What? I'm, just, I'm <laughs> hanging out. I'm hanging out. Uh, Mike, little memorabilia update for you. Um, have uh, did you see Napoleon's hat was sold in auction? Really? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Nap I didn't know that. Napoleon Bonaparte, the general, the the. <clears throat> ruler the every tyrant everything yeah. from france uh from roughly about 210 years ago is how mm. old the hat is it's a pretty big hat that's a fact and you know yeah. napoleon was a pretty teeny guy so i immediately said that would look comical if he had that <laughs> on that would be funny but how much do you think it was sold for mike hmm i'm gonna say five million Girl, come on Oh man, you 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 overestimated Mike, but I was overestimated. Yeah, I was still impressed. 
2.1 million. 2.1? Yeah. Because I got to be saying, I'm not interested in owning that hat. You know? No. No. Like he would, but it's like an iconic hat. I mean, this oh, it's is a very iconic hat, every, but it, it's sort every of every image you see of this guy. Like, yeah, he's got that hat. Yeah, I mean, but it's 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 like it's like we talked about with the Bible, you know, like that that yeah. the really old Bible. I think they just put it in a museum, man. Yeah, like you, you don't need some guy uh, inviting you over to his house and being like, "It's Napoleon's hat." What do you think about that? You want some hot pockets? Like nobody, huh? Come on, come on! Put it in a museum for everybody. Yeah, it should be in a museum. It should be. But I will, I will say, uh, seeing the ads for the new Napoleon movie, Ridley Scott, that mm-hmm. looks uh, pretty good. That looks pretty yeah, good, looks Mike. Good. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm not gonna see it in theaters because screw that. But when it comes out on streaming, I'm gonna stream mm-hmm. it. You know what, Joaquin Mike? Phoenix. That'll probably be in time for when we start the 2024 shows. We might have a movie review for that one. That might happen. I'm down. That might I'm happen. Definitely down. Be good. Yeah. Be good. Um, Mike, uh, exciting news from a company known as Safety Shot. Hmm. Safety Shot has announced they are releasing a product that has been clinically shown to reduce blood alcohol content by 50% within 30 minutes. Yeah. Now, Mike, I did my own research, and this is true. Even more effective than safety shot in reducing blood alcohol content, not drinking alcohol. Mm. Yeah. True. Yeah. <laughs> true. I, I mean, it's a cool product, don't get me wrong, Mike, but in a couple of months, there, there's just going to be like millions of people leaving bars after like six hours of drinking being like, don't worry. Safety shot. Let's get in this car. We're good. I don't. I, I don't. Yeah. I don't see good things happening from this. This isn't. So. It's like a shot. Are you? You actually? It looks like an. an like it, a, no, no, no. It, it, it's just called safety shot. It looks like an energy can drink. That's what it looks like. Okay. So you know. Oh, yeah. 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 I, I was imagining. Ah. Like, just like people are wasted. <laughs> just, j- just like. Uh, um. What do you call it? Uh, Pulp Fiction. Uh, You just got to rip open your shirt, shove a needle in your chest. Ow! Safety shot! Oh, God! Like, (laughs) okay, I feel better now. I'm not drunk anymore. Whew, that was close. Like, I mean, I I can see a benefit of this, but I also, I got to be honest. Yeah, that seems weird. How does that work? I would need to know the science. Yeah, reduce the BAC? And I the, mean, like, there's got to be some kind of obviously organic chemistry, chemical reaction in the blood that that converts alcohol into something else. Yeah. And I got to be honest, that doesn't sound safe. I don't. I mean, no. I'm, I'm sure they've been they've been doing clinical testing on it, but that weirds me out, Mike. That weirds me out. Um, you know what I imagine, Doc G? You know, like what, what's that little experiment that you do with dish soap, where you put, where you touch the dish soap, and then everything like <laughs> separates. Uh, mm, like when you you see the you know polarity of the molecules, and so it, it's it separates the molecules when because you have the uh, lipo, uh, lipophilic molecules of of soap. You're saying. Yeah, but what's like the what's the little experiment that you do when you when you you put dish soap on your finger or something and then you touch it and then it's it like everything 
gets away from it. No, I mean that's ah, okay. like I said. It's, it's, it's probably a Florida Florida man thing. Well, no, it's <laughs> Florida, like it's, Florida school. It's like I was saying. It's it's polarity, Mike. It's just looking yeah. at, at at the different uh, polarity of molecules, and so they're gonna they're gonna repel each yeah. other. That's okay. all you're looking at. I'm, I'm not gotcha. sure. I'm not sure how that connects to alcohol, but it's a. Uh, what? That's just how I imagine. You drink this <laughs> shot, and then all of the everything, all your blood AC. Oh, is, oh it uh, just it shoots seconds. out of your body. Oh, Jesus, <laughs> yeah. no! Get uh, out of here! You instantly pee out. Right. No, there it is. There it is. Yeah. Mike solved it, everybody. Don't worry. I'll try it. I'll try it for the show, Doctor. I'll try the, the, uh, Mike, the safety show. Mike will just come in, <laughs> drink the whole show, and then at the end, yeah. shoot, a, shoot a shot, see how he feels. Um, exactly. Mike, we are going to take a break. We are going to hear from our guest of honor, the one and only Lewis Black. This is off of his new stand-up. This is Tragically I Need You right here on the Doc G Show. I thought that I would write a play, another play. Uh, you see, uh, until I got into this, I was, a, I was a playwright. I wrote plays until I was 40. And the reason I like to talk about this is because I like to feel the interest of the audience leave the room. <laughs> yeah. This reinforces my choice in a way. But I thought, God, this would be a perfect time to write a play. But no, no. You see, I wrote plays for a long time. I wrote a lot of plays. I mean, a out of place to the interest of nobody <laughs> and I didn't care I loved doing it I didn't give a and I'd send them out and did nothing and I made practically I made practically nothing on this I wasn't making any money you don't make money as a playwright and and, and God thought son of a the next one will do it and it didn't so I what I had done really was kind of take a, a vow of poverty I guess I wanted to be a priest but keep And I was getting just enough reinforcement. We've all had this in our lives and we're trying to follow a dream and we kind of get reinforced to do something. Go, yeah, I'm almost there. And I kept thinking I'm getting closer and closer. And then finally, a series of musicals came to New York and I said, I can't write that Broadway was awash in nonsense. And the one that really drove me out of the theater is one that I know many of you love. It's one of America's most loved musicals. And it, it, it made me nuts. Cats. That's right. Yeah, don't. Some of you that I know it. Son of a. Cats. I was. I had friends in the first production of Cats. They actually went on to become stars. Are you coming to see the show? You're dressed up like a cat. Unless you're all doing some sort of a conga line in a in a litter box, I'm not coming. I never saw Cats. I heard some of the music, but I never saw it. I couldn't bring myself to go, but there was a production a number of years ago, just before the the fan, that was really well worth. I wish I'd known. I would have gone. It was a performance of Cats which was disrupted when an audience member's service dog got away <laughs> and began chasing one of the cat costumed actors. This is the first time one of the actual cats was involved in an incident with a dog. How good is that? It doesn't get any better than that. Theater, 
is the, the best a theater can be is when that fourth wall drops, when it disappears. It's why at times if something happens, like the person whistling or that the woman hooting in the back, I respond to it because there's no wall here, but theater pretends. And when it disappears, son of a the audience becomes a part of it. And when you've got a dog running around on stage, there's nothing more exciting than to hear memories. Oh yeah, I'd have paid, God, I'd have paid a couple of thousand dollars to see that show. And we are back here on the Doc G Show. Spinnaker Radio, WSKRLP 95.5 FM in Jacksonville, Florida. Mike, what do the listeners need to do? Well, Doc G, if the listeners feel like the show is a positive way to waste their time, they should please subscribe on Apple or Spotify or wherever they get their podcast. It is a cost-effective way to support the show. Yes. And... If the listeners are feeling extra generous, which they should yes. be, it's that time yes. of year, leave us a five-star review. Amen. And uh, also a comment. We love comments. Amen. Amen. It is the Thanksgiving special. Mm-hmm. And we need to give thanks, Mike, to the five-star listeners. Now I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna build up the suspense. I'm not going to try to follow last week's amazing run through the cities. So don't even thank yeah. it, listeners. I can't do it again, but I'm going to try. So, but don't get your hopes up. I'm going to fail miserably this time, okay? Keep the expectations low. Okay, here we go. Shout out. Shout out to Jacksonville, Florida, Columbia, South Carolina, Radford, Virginia, Gainesville, Florida, Frankfurt. Oh, see, see. Oh, no. <laughs> no, it happened so early, so bad. Okay, I'm going rapid fire. Here we go. Shout out. Jacksonville, Florida, Columbia, South Carolina, Radford, Virginia, Gainesville, Florida, Frankfurt, Germany, Anoka, Minnesota, Ashburn, Virginia, Piracai, Brazil, San Diego, California, Dublin, Ireland, Boardman, Oregon, Genoa, Italy, Richard, Texas, Barcelona, Spain, Winfield, West Virginia, Biloxi, Mississippi, Tulsa, Oklahoma, Peoria, Illinois, Katy, Texas, Tom's River, New Jersey, Olive Branch, Mississippi, Asheville, North Carolina, Los Angeles, California, Spartansburg, South Carolina, Athens, Georgia, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, Chicago, Illinois, and Boynton, Virginia. Mike, they were so disjointed. There were hiccups. Blam. That was there is no reason to give thanks for that list. Not for the people for my reading of the list. All kinds uh, of all kinds of thanks to the listeners, of course. Ever You did a great job, Doc. Thank you. Thank you, but you don't need to think. It is horrible, horrible. I am going to retire from the fast list. Girl, come on! I need, I need, I no longer have the tongue speed, Mike. I can no longer keep it up. There was a high. You peaked last week. There was week. a high point, and now I'm old and washed. Old and washed. <laughs> Mike, uh, we've got a good four-star list. These guys, semi-regulars. Uh, first on the list, we already mentioned them. Farmington Hills, Michigan. Shout out to you guys. Suburb of Detroit. Best place to live in Michigan. No mm -hmm. questions asked. Best place. Uh, shout out to Covina, California. I think I'm saying that right, Covina. Mm. Covina, California. Shout out to you guys. Shout out to Mountain View, California. 
Shout out to Nashville, Tennessee. Shout out to Ocala, Florida. Hmm. Bettendorf, Iowa. Shout out to Bettendorf. <laughs> uh, Bra- Bradenton, Bradenton, Florida. Shout out to you guys. Okay. Columbus, Ohio. Shout out to them. Durham, North Carolina. Shout out to them. Fairfax, Virginia. Shout out to you guys. Hamilton, New Zealand. Yes. Mm. Yes, always exciting from the... What's up, NZ? Yeah, exactly. Leyland, North Carolina. Shout out to you guys. Up, oh, back to New Z. Shout out to New Plymouth, New Zealand. There we go. Mm, yeah. Cool. Yeah, hopefully, yeah. You keep keep it going, New Zealand. We want you to keep it going. Shout That's a yeah, live show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> Let's go. That would be very exciting. Worcester, England. Say that in a. I feel like Worcester. There's no way to say it not in a Baltz Boston accent. You just always want Worcester. You just want to go. Worcester. You just want to go. At least I do. I don't know. It just doesn't. Hey, come on down to Worcester. I, I wonder how much English people would repel when you say it like that. If you were in England, you're like Worcester. <laughs> oh, oh, I've never. Oh goodness. Um, oh. Phoenix, Arizona. By the way, we love you, English listeners. Shout out yeah, we do. to Phoenix, Arizona. Shout out to Norfolk, Virginia. And lastly, shout out to Medway, Massachusetts. There we go. Four-star listeners. Oh, shout not out. lastly, Mike. Also, three, re- three weeks running, Walnut Creek, California. Got two weeks. You got two weeks, Walnut, California. Walnut Creek, California. Two more weeks. You're on that regulars list. You keep it going, mm. Walnut Creek. That's in the Bay Area. Shout out to you guys. Shout out to the whole Bay Area. Shout out. Um, Mike, since it's the Thanksgiving special, we got to do something a little Thanksgiving driven. We got to be, we got to be a little Thanksgivingy here. So uh, we always love doing a little fun facts. You know what? Mm-hmm. But I thought we'd do, you know, little version of that. We're gonna play a little fact or fiction Thanksgiving style. I'm going to give you a fact about Thanksgiving. You need to decide whether it's truly a fact or whether it's fiction. That's what you got to do. Okay. You ready? Yeah, let's do it. Fact one. Lots of folks like to do a turkey trot on Thanksgiving, Mike. You ever done one? Hmm. No. Yeah, neither have I. Turkey trot? Yeah, running. Going out like a 5K, you know? Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But the first turkey trot goes all the way back to 1896 in Buffalo, New York. Fact or fiction, Mike? I'll say fact. It is a fact. A fact. The first turkey trot. 1896. How crazy did the people of Buffalo think those guys were? What the are they doing? We have wooden and leather shoes. Why are they running five (laughs) miles? And it's Buffalo. There's two feet of snow on the ground right now. These guys are nut jobs, right? Yeah. There were only uh, there were only six participants, Mike. Six participants went for it, and it was a five mile turkey trot. Jeez. They went out. They mm. got it. Five k, or, or five wow. miles. Eight k. Sorry. Yeah. Fact two, Mike. Female turkeys don't gobble. Fact or fiction? Hmm. Um. Fiction. Fact. Word. Fact. Yeah. Only the males gobble, Mike. 
Only male turkeys gobble. The females purr. They purr. Yeah, it's it's yeah. You know it. I, I listened to a call because I was like, I want to hear this purr because I got excited. I was like, is it like a cat purr? Because I would like to hang out with a turkey then. But it's not. <laughs> it's not exactly like a cat purr. It's like a. It's like a pigeon. You know how pigeons will. Oh yeah. yeah. Sort of do the. Yeah. Sort of like that. That's they. That was a really good impression of a pigeon. Thanks. That's... I talk pigeon. No big deal. <laughs> uh, fact three, Mike. There are four towns in the United States named Thanksgiving. Hmm. Hmm. Fact. Fiction. I threw you on Fiction. that one. I threw you on that. There are four towns in America, Mike, that are named Turkey. Which, okay. let's be honest, that's a pretty stupid fact. I mean, there's a whole country named Turkey, you know? Yeah. Which is how the bird got its name, you know? Because that's. Really? Yeah, yeah uh, they used to uh, trade guinea fowls, like the guinea birds, uh, from mm-hmm. Africa and Asia through Turkey to the rest of uh, Europe. So they got the name Turkey Bird or Turk, Turk Cock. Uh, and hmm. then when they came to uh, America and they saw a turkey, they're like, hey, that's like those turkey birds that we see from Turkey. That's a turkey. And that's hmm. what they called it. So there you go. There you go. But okay. fact four, Mike, the majority of Americans secretly dislike classic Thanksgiving dishes. Fact or fiction? Hmm. Fact. Say what? True, Mike. True. A 2,000-person survey found that 68% of Americans said they dislike classics like cranberry sauce, pumpkin pie, and turkey, but they still ate them to honor the tradition. That's a fact. Mm. I knew it, I Mike. I believe the cranberry sauce. I can believe the cranberry sauce. I'm not sure about the other ones. Pumpkin pies. Come on. Eh. Delish. Give me apple pie, Mike. If you're going to give me the two, I'm taking apple all day. If you give me chocolate pecan, I'm throwing both of those in the trash. Okay, I'm not. Mm, Chocolate pecan. I'll I'll keep apple. I'm not throwing it. But pumpkin pie, get it out of here. I'm not interested in anything pumpkin, Mike. Your pumpkin lattes, you throw those and burn them, send them to hell. I'm not interested in them at all. (laughs) Uh, Anyways, Mike, this is uh, uh, fact five. President Calvin Coolidge. 1926, he pardoned a raccoon instead of a turkey. Fact or fiction? Fact. Fact. True, Mike. True. Vinnie Joyce, a resident of Mississippi, gave Calvin Coolidge the raccoon. And not only that, they gave the raccoon to be eaten. That was the idea for the raccoon, was here's the raccoon, have it for Thanksgiving. But Calvin Coolidge was uh, not interested in that, and he actually, uh, he kept it as a pet. It was Rebecca the raccoon for several years, and Rebecca the raccoon actually lived at the White House. It's bananas, Mike. Yeah, terrible pets. I I mean, I want to do a deep dive on Vinnie Joyce, though. Who's the person that sends the president of the United States a raccoon to eat? Hey, you know what I was thinking? We'll make us uh, here in Mississippi look classier. 
if we send the president a raccoon to eat, right? Mm-hmm. That'll that'll class up the joint, right? Like, no, come on. Plus, in the in the the website that uh, I got this fun fact from, Mike, they had they had I think it was the History Channel actually. Pretty positive it was the History Channel uh, website. But they had a little raccoon with his little uh, raccoon hands looking super cute. And I was like, yeah, who would eat that guy? Look at that little trash panda. Nobody wants to Yeah. Nobody wants to eat that fella. I mean, unless no I way. get really hungry, then I will. Ha- yeah. Haven't eaten in like 12 hours, I might have to eat him. Yeah. But like as long as I've had uh, food in the last hour, I'm not going to tear into one. Yeah. Um, fact, six, fact six. Roughly 16 million Thanksgiving greeting cards will be exchanged in America. Fact or fiction? Fiction. Sadly, that's a fact, Mike. Really? Yeah, who gets Thanksgiving greeting cards? Hmm. That's just weird. That's a fact. I would I would yeah, throw I someone out of my house if they gave me a Thanksgiving greeting card. What the What do I do with this? Thanks. Thank you thanks. for thanks. I'm gonna put this <laughs> gonna put this on my fridge. Thanks. There you go. Nice. Nice. Uh fact seven, Mike. The average number of guests surrounding a modern Thanksgiving dinner table is ten. Fact or fiction? Fiction. Fact, Mike. What? Come on, Doctor. We need a fiction. <laughs> Thank God I don't go to any of those dinners though. Good lord. That is too many people. No thank you. No thank yeah. you. Fact eight. The average American eats 458 grams of fat on Thanksgiving. Fact. Fiction, Mike. Ah, oh, whatever. I doubled it. It's actually only 229. We, uh, okay. we eat an average of 229 grams of fat on Thanksgiving. So true. Mike, fact nine. Seventy-seven percent of Americans believe Thanksgiving is not a good time to discuss politics with the family. Nope. Hmm. Say that one again. Seventy-seven percent of Americans believe Thanksgiving is not a good time to discuss politics with the family. Fact. That is a fact, Mike. That is a yeah. fact. Which I gotta ask: Is there a good time to discuss politics with your family? Like, mm. are we saving that to break it out on Valentine's Day? <laughs> hey, guys. Just wanted to talk to you about the upcoming race. Me and you, mano y mano. Like, you're not going to get... Like, you're going to get a better response from your family if you bring up the first time you did heroin at Thanksgiving <laughs> than if you bring up politics. So, anyways, guys, it was late. I thought it was cocaine. Whoopsie. You know. <laughs> Anyways, Mike, fact 10, last one, 27% of Americans get at least one item stuck up their butt over the Thanksgiving weekend. Fact or fiction? Fiction. Fiction is correct, Mike, but if listeners, if anything happens, you know I'm there for you. Complete anonymity, Mm -hmm. all right? Yep. All right? Mike, we are going to be right back with none other than the one, the only, Lewis Black, right here on the Doc G Show.
95.5 Spinnaker Radio. WSKRLPFM, UNF Jacksonville. Hey, what's up? This Rock Montana. This Mucho Yellow. And it's Rockin' Yellow. And you're listening to Doc G Show from 803 to 904. The best show on the radio. You dig? Welcome back to the show, everybody. We are extremely happy to be welcoming a man that is an absolute comic legend. If I read you all of his accomplishments, it would take the rest of the interview. So you know what? I'm just going to introduce him. I'm going to let you know that he's currently on the Off the Rails Tour, coming to Jacksonville, Florida, here at the Jacksonville Florida Theater on December 15th, Mr. Lewis Black. Lewis, how are you, sir? I'm uh, delightful, as you well know. Everything gives me so much joy. And uh, I was really hoping you'd just read the resume and we could wrap this up. <laughs> just read this it all. You just sit and nod. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's yep. It. That's and then at the end, I'll make some stuff up. <laughs> well, let's start here. You got 53 shows on the Off the Rail Tour. You've done 37 so far. From your vantage point, how's the tour been? It's been good. I'm, uh, I'm getting uh, to the point where I'm beginning to see what the next special will be like, which is really a good start. So uh, um, we're rolling along, and there's uh, and and uh, due to the fact that uh, we have an ineptitude uh, all around us, that stupidity reigns. If stupidity were oil, we'd be the richest country on earth. <laughs> we are the richest country on earth. So stupidity does reign, and uh, <laughs> we're up to, uh, you know, so it's uh, it's been, you know, as people keep saying, you know, gee, this is what a great time to be a comic. Well, it, 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 there's a lot of stuff to talk about, but uh, I've got to make it funny. But a lot of it already is funny, and people don't, then I got to explain to them why it's funny. Now, it used to be they just knew it was funny, and now they're so depressed, you actually have to explain to them why it's funny. It's unbelievable. <laughs> America used to have a better sense of humor. They're losing it. They're losing it. Well, you got. Yeah, they are. They're losing their minds. Both sides losing their minds. Okay, <laughs> and they're fighting over. We actually share all this stuff together, and now we're fighting over it. That's really smart. That's as good as it gets. Okay, you know we we there's a reason we left uh, Europe, and we're going to prove to them that that wasn't really the reason. We were going to just be as dumb as they are. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's been going a little bit downhill for the last mm, 10, 15 years or so, you know? I, oh, yeah. I don't know if I see an upward trend or not, but uh, the the tour is an upward trend. You've got a fantastic... Uh, you got a fantastic opener for you, and Mike was actually noticing... He, big fan, right, Mike? Yeah, Jeff, Jeff Stilson, he's opening for you? Yeah, he is. That's because I could get him so cheaply. Uh, <laughs> it was really it was a steal. Uh, no, yeah, no, he's opening for me. I've known him for a long time, and uh, and that's uh, he'll be thrilled. That he's 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 doing a Zoom now that's making him psychotic. So uh, mm. uh, I'm actually uh, we've got two Zooms going. I'm much happier. 
uh, <laughs> doing doing what we're doing, but uh, he's really good at what uh, what's up. You know, he's really uh, uh, he's top notch. You, how did you know him? Um, I was well. I was actually listening to uh, one of your interviews, and um, you were talking about your opener, uh, Jeff Stilson, and like how um, you know people like flock to this guy for like his writing ability, and. Um, I yeah I don't know I guess I was just kind of curious like hopefully it's like this doesn't come off terrible but like he's been in he's been in stand up for so long since like the 90s he's had like you know little specials and things like that like why isn't a guy like that such a great writer just so much more well known to like, like the... well, it's partly because writers are not as well known as um as Tom. Yeah. and he is really he put his time into writing yeah that makes That's sense what he voted it to and uh and did you know? I mean, he's the guy. He was the brains behind um, making that Ozzy Osbourne show as great as it was. Oh wow! Yeah, Didn't know that. And so that puts him literally on another level because that was a, it was a breakthrough, and he did it. He did the first reality television show, but it was really reality television before reality television mm. was kind of like Congress, which was uh, we'll call a group of liars. So these uh, because <laughs> now reality TV. They, they feed them stuff, you know. Yeah. We're going to do this today. He was just, he literally, they were following Ozzy and the family around and just filming it and then editing it. It was a documentary. Yeah. Great show. Yeah. Um, it's a great show. And then, uh, <clears throat> to his credit, <clears throat> when it came to, uh, to going, uh, to, when they were trying to hire him to do other reality shows, he was going, you know, I'm not, I'm, this is what I'm going to do. And they go, no, no, we'd like you to do this. He goes, no, I'm not. And then he finally had to go, I'm not going to, we're not going to do this. We're not making stuff up. Then it's not a reality show. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah, I guess it never occurred to me that you could get a break without it being such a big deal. You know, like without it. Yeah. Ozzy, the perfect, the reality, perfect reality star. I loved him in that yeah. show. Fantastic. He's great. Well, you, I mean, so you've been doing stand-up. You've been constantly touring for about 35 years, except you had 500 days between performances because of the pandemic. And yeah. I was thinking, what was the longest time before that? Like, in, in those mm. years leading up to the pandemic, did you ever take a break that was longer than, like, a month? No, I never. The only thing that was even close is I took maybe... Uh, 60 70 days mm. maybe and then even then i would go out and do stuff yeah so i mean uh, it mostly was when i was writing uh, books so i wrote three books and then i was involved in a play that i was that eventually got uh produced around the country and so i was involved with that but even with that i was still bouncing from that to back to doing stand-up and stuff so and even when i did the movies i was we did um uh, man of the year with Robin Williams. That was we shot that in 31 days. So, wow, uh, you know, the, and, you know, the, so the pandemic was the longest. So, so it was not, was not fun. Was it like was it like riding a bike when you came back? Did you just hop right back on, or was it was something off when you started stand up back again? Uh, there was a part of you that is just kind of like. Um, that is so gassed to do it. You know, you're so energized to be back that you really 
almost you're so desperate to talk to people that <laughs> you don't even think about what's coming out of your mouth. You don't really worry about the laughs, but you you do. After about three minutes, you go, oh, "Yeah, that's right." Um, but but you know, I, I do have to get a laugh here. Uh, but it wasn't like riding a bike, but it was. Uh, but it was amazing how much of that, um, how much muscle memory there is in. In when you spend time developing your sense of humor,、mm. so at times I would shock myself. I go, "Wow, I, I, I'm not conscious of thinking. It just come out of my mouth." I go, "Wow, I'm really good at this." <laughs> and then two minutes later, it was, "Wow, I should really think of something else that I can do for a living." <laughs> and,、uh, but it was, it was like getting on. You know, people say getting on a bicycle is like getting on a bicycle, and the and、uh, something was wrong with the.、Uh, You know the the chain that you're、uh, you're driving it with. You know, <laughs> you know that you're. I forget what they call the chain on the、uh, on the bike, and so they, like six of their eight of those pieces are missing. So you're going. You know. You have to rebuild the bike, and then you、yeah. can. Then it's like riding the bike. <laughs> yeah. And then you got to take the chain off, which you can't even. So then you're not even riding the bike; you're standing by the bike, <laughs> holding the chain. Well, one of the results of pandemic, you started doing the the rant cast、uh, back in in July 2020.、Uh, but it's not just sort of a, a traditional podcast. It's it's sort of really born out of your rant is due. Uh, section of the show,、um, and I was wondering, as far as that, you've been doing that since 2014.、Uh, yeah. How how did that idea and the idea of live streaming it? Because I mean, you know, that's such a you know good idea, and it's I mean, it's became such a good part of your your show. Where did that come from? That came from initially. I I thought of what I felt was was I wanted to do a Q and A with the audience. And so they could ask questions afterwards, and uh, um, and then,、um, but then to do it, you're going to have to、uh, have a microphone and move around, and da 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 da. And if you got 1,200 people there, it becomes 1,500. It's it's tough. So my、um, uh, my my tour manager and producer,、uh, Ben Brewer,、uh, who is kind of a、uh, you know he kind of checked out.、Uh, He knew of ways because uh, he's uh, his obsession with、uh, everything rock and roll and streaming. So he discovered uh, the, that we could we could actually uh, uh, do this. You know,、mm-hmm. for starters, we got uh, we got uh, someone to work with us in terms of coming up with a way in which the audience sitting in their seats could literally, if they didn't write out questions from home. And it would go to my i to the iPad. They could sit in the audience and do it from their phone, and、nice. then and then we kind of tied it up. We had two. We'd been filming everything I I'd done. I was the uh, the uh, Richard Nixon, I guess, comedians, and so everything we were doing it. We'd been shooting it for a, a while, and so we had the cameras. So then it was just hooking the cameras up to a satellite,、yeah. which we were able to do, and then we were able to get it around the country. And the the only thing that was tough was、uh, it was it just became、uh, you know rough after a while to do both those shows because the first one it's like doing two separate shows in a night, and it just got to be uh, un, un, you know tough to do. 
uh, you know, I could do one or the other, really, mm -hmm. because the second one, um, the first one has got more modulation in terms of the, uh, uh, the, the, the way in which I, uh, uh, you know, present it. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not, I used to scream the whole time, then I kind of learned, oh, I don't need to scream the whole time. And now, uh, but with, when I'm reading these rants, a lot of it has to be, it needs a different energy because it's going out over the internet. It's, <laughs> I'm doing it in front of cameras. And so uh, it was a matter of really uh, of getting it done that way. So it was uh, it was a matter of, you know, more, more, more yelling. Yeah. You, what, I, I've heard you, you, you've mentioned it before as far as how good some of the rants are that people came up with. Uh, for you to go through, do you remember any of like your favorites that absolutely you were like, that's some, that's some perfect writing right there. Well, it, there was a, 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 a up right up until the six months before we uh, we had to shut down, um, the uh, uh, you know due to the pandemic, the six months that occurred uh, that uh, we had to. Uh, to bring it to a halt that uh, we the writing became uh, in incredible because they really picked up on my uh, my voice and how to write for me mm -hmm. I'm pretty easy to write for because it's like it's big barking dog writing mm -hmm. and um, so but they really had nailed it and then uh, the ones there were like six about pickles that were spectacular there were two sisters who went after each other. They, they literally, the first show, one sister shot her mouth off. And then I come back to the second show, both sisters had written <laughs> and attacked each other. And on a level that was just vindictive and vicious. And then with, ended with, love ya. And it was, those were really great, where they just kind of went right at each other. And then uh, finally, uh, my favorite still to this day was about eight it was about seven minutes long it was uh, the guy who was uh, talking about um uh peanut butter and he had opened the peanut butter and he expected it to be um he wanted it chunky i think or uh, he wanted it smooth or mm -hmm. chunky i can't remember which and whatever it was it was the opposite and he flipped out and does seven minutes on why it, you know why you know chunky is better than smooth i mean it's like are you kidding me <laughs> and it was really brilliant and it really uh, it, the thing that i feel about the all of these rants is, is that uh, it teaches us the lesson that um, you really you you you, you want to you know that's what an inanimate objects are for you don't direct the kind of anger that you have toward other human beings just drop it okay um Unless they're really kind of, you know, stepping onto you, you know, stepping into your uh, personal space, mm -hmm. you don't need, you know, you don't need to do this. But when I, but, you, and, but that's what inanimate objects are for. Yeah, you know, that's what that that AI that you're talking to that you're when you call the pharmacy or you call to get your phone worked on or you, you know, any of that stuff. That's what you. That's where you yell, idiot. <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, a anger is a huge part of your of your comedic style. You uh, you played anger in a movie, and um, yeah. you. Congrats on the second one, by the way. 
Yeah, no, just watch the trailer this morning. Now because the strike is over. So yeah, yeah. The, today the there uh, if you go to my uh, my. My my variety of social media feeds, and you'll be able to see, and or who's ever ever one who's in the movie. If uh, you can, you can, uh, or go to Pixar, and you can see the uh, the first trailer for it. Nice. Yeah, nice. watch it this morning. It's great. Yeah. Well, I uh, I heard it took you a while to find that anger style. Uh, it took you until you were in in New York. There, you were running a free show at midnight. And you found out that getting angry uh, was was funny for you. Uh, what, yeah. What was the stand up like before that? Well, I mean, it was. I would. Well, one thing I did was, is if I was angry, I'd turn around, mm-hmm. so I wouldn't yell at the audience directly. I would yell at the wall behind me because <laughs> I didn't know if the audience could handle it, and I hadn't seen. And I'd been doing. I'd been yelling a lot, but not. Toward them, and then, uh, uh, and then eventually, my friend Dan Ballard, who actually I'm sitting here in Saginaw, and that's uh, where I think he may even be now. I'm not sure. He moved around Michigan. Uh, he uh, he was the one who said, "Go on stage and yell at the audience." And I went and I started yelling at them, and and all of a sudden, he, and he said, "Yell your whole act," and I did it, and it was. Uh, I went, "Oh." That's it, you idiot! It only <laughs> took this long. <laughs> I, me and me and Mike were actually talking about it before uh, before you came on. Like, I feel like you're so known for being angry, but that's obviously not you all the time. Like, how often do you get people coming up to you expecting you to basically rip their head off, like when they meet you? No, they. It's not so bad. They're a pretty bright audience, so they kind of get that it's. You know, I, I'm not like that all the time, but they do like to hear me do the. Uh, you know, I guess you you get, you're going to edit this right, yeah. so I can tell you what you know what they want me. To of do. course, if you can, they will say it will, where it comes out is. is uh, I've got a cousin. He's a big fan. Would you? Uh, Tell him to go f- himself, and then <laughs> I do an autograph to Bobby. Go f- himself, Lewis. So there's that. Or will you take? Will you um, do a picture where you go like this? Yeah, you know where I give him the. Or or we'll take a picture together, and the, both of us. You know, we'll do a selfie with both of us doing this. Mm. So, so c- control. Uh, they understand. They understand it's an act. That's good. Yeah, they do. They kind of just yeah. It's the uh, they just want the basic. Nice. You know, we're standing we're standing in an airport and I'm popping the bird. I mean, it's insane. <laughs> if anybody had ever told me that I'd be, you know, that I'd be that that's what I'd be known for, I'd, I certainly would have wouldn't have needed a beyond a high school education. <laughs> I probably wouldn't have. Been, I could have gotten out of school in the ninth grade and. Been making a great living, what, what, telling people to go, telling people to go f- themselves. <laughs> well, real quick on the on the 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 sort of an influence off the side of that, which is you know sort of the opposite, the the education there. You, uh, I was listening to an interview after you took the position there with the Kurt Vonnegut Museum and Library, and you were talking about how Vonnegut influenced your style of comedy. And then recently, I actually saw you mention Joseph Heller, which 
I got super psyched by because I love Catch Twenty Two. It's one of my favorite books. Um, it's a great book. What would what, what did those guys teach you as far as comedy? Well, I mean, Vonnegut taught me that. Uh, uh, well, in terms of writing, uh, just writing my books, he taught me that that style of short, concise, um, uh, and that you could uh, you could. You know, you could, and he taught me kind of how to tell a story, mm-hmm. uh, more so than I'd learned uh, in some ways from playwriting. Uh, I mean, uh, it was easier for me to track with him, and that, uh, and that a story could kind of go anywhere and come back uh, to the beginning. And uh, and Heller was just all about Heller. Heller was really good in terms of the fact of teaching me that. Uh, um, Office politics are politics. Or office politics are national politics. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, the absurdity of some of the of the some of the conversations in uh, in Catch Twenty Two are just uh, spectacular. Yeah. Uh, and, and my father told me I read that book when I was fourteen. My father, I, I said, he was laughing at the book, and I said, "Wow, that's unbelievable." I said, uh, "I said." It's really funny. He goes, "This is a great book." He said, "Should I read it?" He goes, "Yep, you should read it, and uh, it will tell you everything you need to know about well, what life is like here." Yeah, yeah, it de- it, def- it definitely does. Did you did you hear uh, when when Joseph Heller died? Did you see uh, uh, Kurt Vonnegut's poem he wrote about it? No. When when he died, he he uh, he mentioned this uh, party that they both went to. A hedge fund billionaire had a party and invited Kurt Vonnegut and Joseph Heller there. And at at one part in the uh, party, Kurt hears that the hedge fund host makes more money in a single day than Catch Twenty Two made since its release. And mm. uh, and he asks Heller, you know, what do you think about that? And uh, Heller responded with, uh, pretty much without hesitation, he was like, yeah, but I have something he'll never have. And uh, and Vonnegut was like, what? And he was like, enough. And that was it. And uh, I just, I thought that was uh, like, I was like, oh, man. It's like the best comeback yeah. I've ever heard. That's yeah, fantastic. That pretty yeah. But uh, bef- before we go there, I wanted to ask uh, one thing there about the rest of the, the career there. You've obviously been the longest running uh, correspondent there on The Daily Show, contributor on The Daily Show, since 96. Um, and you were supposed to guest host this summer, uh, but then yeah. the, the writer's strike went on. Uh, have you right. have you got have you got called back to do uh, guest hosting? Well, we'll see what happens. I mean, uh, hopefully I can do it in uh, December or January. Hopefully. Hopefully they don't hire somebody else and then not, and bump me, which would really tra- traumatize me. But uh, <laughs> I'm going to be, I've been on once. It was a really, I, I liked the bit. And uh, uh, and then I'm, I'm just on a, a week or so ago. Yeah. Uh, and then I'm on December 5th, I'm going to be on. But that'll be just uh, the back of black section. Nice, nice. Well, you know, I said, I said they owe me, they owe me time and, and behind that desk. I don't want to watch. Okay, <laughs> I don't need a watch for the twenty-seven years I yeah. worked there. I just let me sit behind the desk. They never let me audition for that, and it's kind of always 
it bothered me. You got because you you just fake it. It's called etiquette. You don't have to hire me. Just <laughs> pretend. Just, just give me one day and say we'll think about it. Yeah. 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 Well. Uh, back to the current tour. Your last show is here in Jacksonville at the Florida Theater. Uh, was there any reason that we got the special last spot, or did Jacksonville just win the the random draw? No, because then I'll be coming back in in January. So uh, the fun never stops. <laughs> It'll be a new tour, uh, and uh, but I think it was because. Uh, we just hadn't finished up. We had bumped it a couple of. We'd had to bump Jacksonville a couple of times. First, because the pandemic, and then uh, I forget the. There was another reason, and uh, so lucky break for you guys. And also, it, it'll be exciting to see if we actually sell more tickets than we ever have there. Thank we you. always sell about the same amount. It's always irritated me. It's like, uh, hello, can you come out? Hello, and then people go. And it's this thing that always happens there, that it, which is why I was thrilled to do this with you. It's the thing that always happens there. I can't believe we didn't know you were in town. Yeah, well, okay. That, <laughs> that really makes me happy with the the power, the uh, you know, with the uh, those who were put the uh, the, the, the tour to give ways at Live Nation's fault. Whose fault is it this time? So, well, if uh, if you get more people. If you get more people, we're taking credit for it. If you don't get more people, we're not taking credit for it. That's how that works. <laughs> Wait, oh, no, you don't have to worry about that. I wouldn't blame you guys. It's really <laughs> literally uh, you You guys could be sitting there and I could be talking to you and you could be sending up smoke signals and it would have and I'd be going, that's great, whatever it takes. <laughs> well, Lewis, I don't want to take up any more of your time. It's been a pleasure talking with you. Thank you for taking some time to talk with us. Oh no, I'm I can't I'm going to just tell you you uh, did more research uh on my uh background than most people do and I, I appreciated that a lot. I mean it was really I mean I I've been lucky. I've been the the, the it's the the folks who were staying in media uh like real media not social media, real media. <laughs> uh, a lot of them are you know are the ones who really care and um so the interviews I've had They've all been really, really terrific this year, and uh, yours was exceptional, so thank you. Well, thank you. I really appreciate it. Uh, sorry, Dr. Hold on one second. Uh, well, um, I just want to say, hey, Lewis, back in the, you wrote me, I was, I'm a stand-up comedian, and I wrote you back in like 2009. Uh, I wrote you an email, and I wrote like a lot of comedians' emails, and you were like one of the only guys who responded back to me, so I just want to say thank you for doing that. That was very- and What did I tell you, to get the f- out? <laughs> Yeah, I think so. I think he told me to quit or something like that. And I'm like, yes, yes, he wrote me back. So, yeah. Yeah, thank you so much. It's oh, uh, my pleasure. And uh, I'd, I'd like to thank you both. It was really fun. And and come see the show. We will, 100%. All right, yeah, we can get you tickets. I can, assure, I can get you a whole bro. <laughs> Listeners, make sure you check out all things Lewis Black at his website, lewisblack.com, or you can follow him on social media at the Lewis Black. Get the rant cast anywhere you get podcasts. And of course, make sure you go to the Florida Theater on December 15th to see Lewis. We will be right back here on the Doc G Show. Now, it may seem strange to many of you that I would choose to open a gun store, but to be honest, the NRA, after years and years, has finally gotten to me. Because they've, 
they've really taught me that, that, well, guns don't kill people. Mentally ill people with guns kill people. And if we all had enough guns, we could kill all the mentally ill people. <laughs> It was. After Sandy Hook, oddly enough, the NRA that pointed out to the American people, we have a problem with mental illness. And whenever I think about the problem of mental illness, the first people that I want to talk with are the good folks at the NRA. <laughs> Their work in the field of mental illness is, as we all know, legendary. We do have to deal with mental illness. And we're not gonna. We're not. Part of the reason we're not is because 40% of the, the American people don't think there is such a thing as mental illness. Do they? Mm-mm. That's 40%. And, and I just made that number up. <laughs> I made that number up because I've watched politicians for the whole year making numbers up every and they're not supposed to be making numbers up. I'm a comic. I'm supposed to make <laughs> My generation is the problem here because my generation was born and raised with no knowledge whatsoever of mental illness. None. We didn't know anything about it. You know, unless you had a family member who was, who was mentally ill, and then if there was someone in the neighborhood who was mentally ill, they were hidden from the rest of the neighborhood because people were ashamed of it. So nobody, nobody knew, unless, okay. All right, the, the only time you heard about mental illness is if there was somebody with 16 personalities. Uh, you know, that, the person who could play canasta by themselves. <laughs> by the time I got to college, it was no different. None, none whatsoever. By the time I got to college, I took a course in Psych One and, uh, all I learned from that is, is that a pigeon will smash its face against something in order to get a pellet of food. <laughs> you would think that even if we didn't know about it and, 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 and what was up with mental illness in terms of dealing with it, that the National Institute of Mental Health would. But even by 2003, they funded 16 studies to find out how a pigeon thinks. They funded one study about postpartum psychosis. 16 studies to find out how a pigeon thinks? They could have called any New Yorker. We could have told them, I got a got a still French fry. I believe that we all learned about mental illness the same way that I did. I think we did that through dating. <laughs> Come on, this is New York. I've truly expected a bigger laugh there. <laughs> Everybody in this room has been out with somebody and on that third date was sitting there going, oh my God. <laughs> They're talking to a sock puppet. <laughs> I truly believe that now that the gays have come out of the closet, that the next group 
that has to come out of the closet are, are the mentally ill. But uh, they're mentally ill, so they don't know where the door handle is. <laughs> so we're going to have to open the door for them. We used to have places that, that dealt with mental illness. Throughout the country, until the early 80s, there were mental institutions uh, throughout the entire country. These institutions took care of those who truly were the illest of the ill, the, the ones who could not deal with reality whatsoever. And what these, in, what these institutions provided was a safe haven where they could go and get help and also begin to understand how to bring these people back to reality. Now, if you have a loved one who, who he cannot cope with reality, the best you can hope for is to get them away for five days. And then you gotta take them back. And everybody knows somebody who can't deal with reality, five days, no problem. It's unbelievable. But we had those in place, and what happened? Starting with Kennedy the, and going through Reagan, the Democrats and the Republicans systematically took them apart and ended up closing them. Closed them down, why? To save money. Well, we're gonna have to deal with it again. And what's it gonna cost? More money! Because that's the way it works. This bull about saving money is a crock of shit. When you've got something, a big, big problem, you deal with it and you pay for it. Because if you wait, it's more expensive. And that's a Jew advising you on this. <laughs> if you don't think we have a problem with mental illness, I need you to take a good long look at Congress. That is the largest outpatient clinic in the world. And we pay for their health insurance. And we are back here on the Doc G Show. You just heard an uh, old segment there from Lewis Black. Fantastic. My goodness. Once again, Mike. It's a big deal. It's a big deal for the show. Yeah, it's a big it deal. Is. Just fantastic, man. Just uh, what a career. What a career, you know. I mean, years in the playwriting business. Then you go to comedy. And you, you you reach the pinnacles of comedy, and you just never stop. Like I mean, the dude literally. I mean, I don't know what is he gonna do after he retires from touring. I mean, good lord. I don't know. You know, write plays. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what he's going to When do. you've been touring for 150 shows for 40 years, like do the math on that. I can't. That's really hard math. That's what? That's uh 6,000 shows. 6,000 shows. That's bananas. That is bananas. Yeah, that's a lot of shows. You know? That is I mean, hats off to him. I'm sure he'll keep I'm sure he'll keep doing stand up though. Like he's not. There's no way he's gonna quit doing that. No, well, you know, he just we'll said he's not. Town. Yeah, he just said he's yeah, not gonna he's do not full gonna tour, tour. You know, but still, yeah. like, yeah, you know, not getting out on the road. That's gonna be a huge change. 
be a huge change. But regardless, yeah. you got to get out and see him, listeners. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm trying to. You you heard him, Mike. At the end of our interview, he said he'd give me a whole row of tickets. Row. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm I'm trying to get there. Uh, that's doable for me. It's a Friday night, Mike. I can stay up till at least 9 p.m. on Friday. So <laughs> I am going to make it to that show as long as I get tickets. If I don't get tickets, I mean, paying for it? No offense, but it's well, tough. That is t- yeah. No, I'll pay for it. I'll pay for it, Lewis Black. I will come to the show. But it would make me much happier if I got it for free. I would make me yeah, feel like fun. I was special, you know? Yeah. Regardless, everybody, listeners, you need to go see the show. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, he is fantastic. Super nice guy. Yeah. Couldn't can't thank him enough for coming on the show. Uh, absolutely fantastic. It made a Thanksgiving miracle for us. So it really, really did. Hats off to him, Mike. We need to move on to the fastest growing segment in the world. Mike C top three. Mike C top three, and Mike, we have the perfect topic for Lewis Black being on the show. It would be mm-hmm. stress inducers. Top three stress mm-hmm. inducers. That's what his stand-up has been for 40 years. Has Pretty been much. stress inducers. Yeah. Now, do you have any uh, honorable mentions, Mike? I have one, kind of a random one. Long lines mm. stress me out. Mm. They definitely yeah. stress me out, Mike. I have said on the show, this is well known, that uh, if I go into a place like Target and uh, there's a long line, I'll literally just yeah. walk back out. So true. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not even Nothing. gonna try. Nah. Like I see. Like I walk in. I've got like a couple things I want, and I see that the lines <laughs> are like going back into the clothes. I'm just like, nope. And head right back out. <laughs> just be like, you know what? Toilet paper wasn't necessary today. Looks like nope. we're not wiping the butt for a while. Nope. That's when the pepper shaker gets stuck up there. <laughs> oh, I was trying to clean it, you guys. Bidet. I was there. Oh, yes, Mike. Bring it back to the bidet. <laughs> Bring it back. <laughs> um, yeah, I got a couple. I got two minor ones, Mike. You know, uh, I've got one minor one that your wife can get on board with me. Uh, blowers. That's a minor. Blowers. That's uh, yeah. leaf blowers, listeners. They are annoying. And, I mean, I know they're not the people that are operating them. It's their job. They can't do anything about it. That's what they do. It's just pointless. It's annoying. It's loud. It fills the air Mm -hmm. with a bunch of gas byproducts. It's just, no. Don't need them. Don't need them. Uh, Mm -hmm. I also have got another honorable mention, Mike. Uh, My wireless internet going out. (laughs) That's fair. I mean, Mike, I live in a city. I live in a prominent city. The provider is the third largest cable provider in the country. They have over Mm -hmm. $20 billion in revenue. And for the last three years, it just randomly cuts out hours at a time. And then they'll send me a text and they'll be like, hey, it looks like uh, we're experiencing an outage in your area. Word. And it's usually like two hours after it's already happened. And I'm like, you think? Yeah. You worthless piles of <laughs> Yes, it's off. It's just, oh, gosh, Mike. I mean, it's unacceptable. Unacceptable. I mean, I know it's not mm-hmm. a big inconvenience. It's not like I'm 
lacking water or anything, but I'm just like, you guys can't fix this? Like, this is yeah. obviously easy. And the thing, that's what irritates me the most about it, Mike, because I know they know there's basically only, like, three options that you can get wireless internet. And they all suck. So they're like, yeah, Yeah, it doesn't matter. They're going to have to go with us or one of the other sucky options. So we're still going to make tons of money. Who cares? And they don't I know you're not a fan, Doc G. I know you're not a fan. I'm sorry. I know you're not a fan, but Starlink, that'll be the future. We'll all be on Starlink. Yeah, I'll get another company. Uh, I'll I'll get a (laughs) less insane person to make my Starlink. Uh, Uh, Number (laughs) three on my list, Mike. And this one is minor as well. This one's minor, but over-aggressive drivers for absolutely no reason. Yeah. Can't take it, Mike. When I see a person that swerves in front of me, cuts me off, accelerates into traffic, slams on their brakes, weaves in and out of people, and I know they're going to Walmart and they're not like headed to the hospital because they cut off their hand... That drives me insane. I'm like, what are you doing? You you morons. Just slow yeah. down and go a normal speed. No need. No need. Yeah. I always try to tell myself, yeah, they're in a rush. They're, they have to pee or something. It's like, yeah, no. Try to give them the excuse, but no, nah, they're just being an asshole. Usually. Pretty much always, mm-hmm. Mike. Pretty yeah. much always. And, you know, it's a minor yeah. thing. I try, I try to put it out. But it's very difficult to. It's very difficult to just be like, ah, who cares what they're doing? Especially like when they cut you off, they swerve in front of you, and then they wind up right beside you at the light. And you're like, yeah? <laughs> yeah? Really? We all did that. We're all right here, right together, you moron. Like, just, oh. Mm. Mike, you're number three. Small bathrooms. Mm. I need like space. I need mm. a lot of space. Small, quiet bathrooms stress me out, Doc G. I've talked about this on the show, I believe. I have a phobia of uh, of peeing in public. Mm. It's tough yeah. for me. And uh, you need a so very large bathroom. Small. Yeah, I need a large, private. Yeah, okay. I, uh, it's uh, yeah. I I I don't. Yeah, I, small bathrooms. I don't mind a small bathroom. I mean, I don't mind a small bathroom if it's if it's private, you know. Like if you can lock the door on the private bathroom. I don't want a small yeah. bathroom. That's have you ever been in I, I have been in bathrooms. Not a joke. It's very rare, but like it's not a private bathroom. Like you can't lock the door. It's a it's a public, you know, public bathroom. And they've got uh they've got a toilet with no stall right beside a urinal and it's just like that one two combination and you're just like what the am i supposed to do like what are you like you you can't go to the bathroom and like i mean you can pee i can pee in there but i there's no way you can go number two in there what's that what no way like what are you doing no way way. i can barely pee there's actually an open mic in las vegas that i don't go to because the bathroom is exactly like Mm. that and I can't, I can't do That's it. a killer bathroom. I don't like that bathroom at all. Yeah, don't, don't like, like that. that. I don't like now, not, not to bring it down, Mike, but I'm going to actually bring like real stresses into this. <laughs> no, no, number two on my list is issues to our planet. That's, oh, that's yeah. my number two stress. Existential yeah. issues. 
Climate mm-hmm. change, microplastics, animal extinction, food scarcity, oh, water man. scarcity. Yeah, scary. Uh, absolutely terrifying things, and I have pretty much no control over them. I do not like it at all. It does stress mm. me out a ton. Yeah. And there's nothing like you're just like, oh, we're f- <laughs> Yeah. Like, it's just, and that's, that's the biggest thing, Mike. I have a really big problem when you can't control something. It's one of the reasons why I don't like roller coasters. It's not really the the speed of it. It's the fact that I don't have control of that speed. If I had mm-hmm. a little gas pedal on a roller coaster, I'd fly by the actual roller coaster going at it. But it's just the fact that I don't control it. I don't like that. And with all of these yeah. issues, I can't really control it. Sure, you can yeah. do your part. You can contribute. But you're one in eight billion. So mm-hmm. you don't have a big contribution. It's tough, Mike. It's tough. Yeah. Stresses me out. Yeah. Mike, your number. Especially the microplastics. Ugh. I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. There's, yeah. <laughs> if you can pair all of those. I don't know. There's a lot of them. But, Mike. Yeah, I mean, oh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're definitely low on the list of, of existential. All right. Um, my number two. Teenagers stress <laughs> me out teenagers yeah if i'm on the street and i'm walking around you don't know what they're gonna do especially at night group of teenagers they're hopped up man they're hopped up they, they could yep. be on drugs you don't know they, they, they're trying to prove yeah, the, they, themselves to their friends they got hormones nah. going they're just yeah, raging yeah. hormones you know and they're gonna prove that they're the man of the group and so they just beat yeah. you over the head with a Get baseball bat here. and you're just like oh yeah. jesus no, no what Raging teenagers. No I, I I think I told you this, Mike, but I did this little, um, you know, I, I did this uh, uh, special outreach to the youth of America. I, I helped out at this uh, this festival at a uh, high school about a year ago. Oh my God, I couldn't take it, Mike. I went in there with everybody yeah, you else. Did tell me, there was just so much it, the, the energy. Oh my God, like I mean, it's it's exciting. Because it's this this palpable energy, but at the same time, it was terrifying. And after I yeah. left, I was like, "Oh, God, I gotta take a break. God, yeah. somebody, somebody, give me a, a dark room so I can decompress. That was too much. Mm-hmm. Like it's just, yeah, they're all over the place, Mike. They just, yeah, yeah, they are. I I can get on board with that. Teenagers are a yeah. lot. They are a lot. Scary." Yeah. Stress me out. Amen. Amen. Number one, Mike. Number one on my list. Uh, it's been this way for a long time. Illness and disease. Mm. <laughs> doesn't, again, doesn't get me mad. This just scares uh, the living bejesus out of me, Mike. I don't, yeah. <laughs> don't like fair. it at all. All it takes is a whiff of a disease or a problem, and I can't stop thinking about it. All it, all it, like, you know, somebody comes by and they're like, <clears throat> and I'm like, oh, Jesus, I've got the flu. Oh, no. Oh, it's the worst. Oh, hilarious. I mean, you told, you told me you had COVID, and I was like, I think I got it. I think I got it over the text. Oh, he just, he just sent it to me. Like, it's, uh, it's bad, Mike. It is very bad. So funny. I can't, I can't control it. And I'm not, I forget the name. If there's a listener out there that knows this. Uh, it's it's a special it's a special form of uh, of you know psychological issue. It's not it's not a hypo- hypochondriac because a hypochondriac immediately goes to the doctor. 
You know, that's the thing, is they right. immediately go to the doctor. Mm. I am the opposite. I think I have it, and then I'm like, well, I can't go to the doctor. They'll tell me I have it, and that'll be horrible. That'll be way worse <laughs> than me actually having it. So, like... <laughs> I just I just tear myself a new one inside thinking that I have this thing not going to the doctor. I forget what the name of it is, but it's a, it's a uh, actual diagnosable thing and I can tell I you I have that too, so when you figure it out please let me know. <laughs> I will. It's uh it's not good though, Mike, I'll be honest. And uh yes, that's the number 1. Mike, you're That's a great You're number, number 1. one. That's a great number one, Doc G. I can't top that. That's that's absolutely. I mean, when when I see somebody, also when you hear about like Alzheimer's. Oh disease, yeah, I'm like, oh good. Oh, no. it's the worst. It's the worst, Mike. You know, and I uh, I feel for hilarious. those people, but it just it uh, yeah it uh, infiltrates my brain and never leaves. So yeah, I think that's my true number one. But um, I will say my my number one that I listed for today goes with your honorable mention of blowers, but really just in general, loud noises. I can't mm. do loud noises anymore. Mm. Nightclubs, mm. loud cars, uh, motorcycles, Harley Davidsons. Ugh, loud cars, I'll get on board with that a lot, yeah. Mike. You're, you're walking down the, the, the sidewalk <laughs> and all of a sudden somebody's just like, <gasps> and you're just yeah. like, what the hell, why? Why would you have that on your car? What is that? Like mm, the muffler, yeah. And I mean like, like most of them the thing prove? is is most of them don't even make the car more efficient. Right? It's no, just it to be loud. Like which is so dumb, right? Like I mean if you think about that, it's like having a guitar amp that doesn't actually get any louder. It just gets hotter when you play it. Like hey, guess what? My amp when, uh, when we're really rocking out, it melts down. Pretty cool, right? <laughs> like, yeah. it's just stupid. It's completely pointless, man. Yeah. And it's, no. and, it, and it's like you're talking to somebody, and then you just have to wait for 20 seconds while that person just... Like, and it, like, I can get behind... I used to be a dude with a really loud stereo system. I can get behind mm -hmm. it when it's music. At least that's... Yeah. At least that's something that is... A, you can appreciate... Like, it's just a loud roar. Like, that's nothing like, it's it's not a moder modern miracle of science. It's not, like, it's just, it's just annoying. Yeah. I totally yeah. agree, Mike. I totally yeah, agree. Stress me out. And I will say, yeah, you go into a club, they're really bumping. Yeah, I just turn around. I'm like, that's too much for me. No. No. Like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna yell at everybody else and not be able to hear anything. I'm not doing that. Yeah. I'm out of here. Like, nope. Totally agree with your number one, Mike. I think we're on board with all of our stresses. Uh, totally on board, uh, Mike. Fantastic uh, top three. What do we have next week? What is our top three? Hmm. For next week, top three office supplies. Huh? Okay. <laughs> I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna debate it. I like it, Tom. <laughs> Three office supplies. I might break out. Yeah. I might break out some that are totally not usable <laughs> anymore, you know? Some yeah. classics that have gone Go by it. the wayside, you know? Like a Rolodex. You know, yeah. You, you know Rolodex <laughs> listeners? I bet you don't. Uh, they don't. Well, I bet you any listener over the age of 40 does. But I'm guessing any of the younger listeners are like, no. Which uh, basically is no people because. Wait, but what? anyways, uh, yes, top three 
office supplies. I like it. I got to list it down, Mike. That's fantastic. <laughs> Mike, we've got two birthday suits left. We've got, I guess you would call her like a uh, social media influencer slash model. And then we've got a world famous comedian. Who do you want to start with? Let's go with the. Uh, we'll save the comedian, so we'll go with the uh, model influencer. Okay. okay. Born on November twenty second, nineteen ninety six. Her dad is Stephen Baldwin, and her husband is Justin Bieber. Haley Baldwin. Haley Baldwin is correct. I did give you her name, but uh, her last name. But you still got the first. You knew it, so that Ooh. counts. Counts. Well, it could be Haley. We, I could say technically, right? It's Haley Bieber. Technically now, yes. Yeah. I, she did yeah. change her name. Yeah, she changed I her name. I think she did, yeah. Yeah. Haley yeah. Bieber, yeah. Regardless, uh, I don't have too much follow-up on her. I mean, she's she's modeled for some people. That's about it. She has had some health yeah. issues recently, so hope those yeah. are doing better, Haley. Hope you're for sure. better on the old uh, health issues. Uh, and, you know, uh, they've uh, stayed together for, like, what, like three years now? Her and Justin yeah. Bieber, four years, something like that. Yeah. It's like 80 in, in Hollywood years. So congratulations, guys. Yeah. Uh, anyways, Haley turning, uh, ooh, getting up there. Getting up there. 27. 27. <laughs> mm. All right, Mike. Uh, here is the uh, world famous uh, comic here. Born on November 22nd, 1921. Legendary comic with one-liners, ending with, I don't get no respect. Oh, Dangerfield. Rodney Dangerfield. Rodney Dangerfield is correct. Yes. Yes. Sadly passed away in 2004. Um, But, uh, man, first started doing comedy when he was 15, Mike. Struggled a lot and then quit. Uh, Did not pick it back up until the 60s. So he picked it back up when he was about 40. And then it wasn't until 67 that Ed Sullivan brought him on uh, as a last-minute replacement, and everybody loved him. And so he started opening up. Uh, he started doing all of these uh, you know, other shows, like the Dean Martin Show and the Tonight Show. Uh, and then in 69, he opened his own comedy club in New York, which stayed open until 2020. Had a bunch of mm-hmm. uh, HBO specials that were filmed there. Jerry Seinfeld, Bob Saget, Jim Carrey, a whole bunch of others. Uh, but his comedy album in 1980 won a Grammy. He also appeared in Caddyshack in 1980. Uh, most everybody says he reached his his peak celebrity uh, in, in uh, the 80s, which means he was in his 60s when he reached his peak. So uh, if you're looking for a motivation for the later part of your career Rodney Dangerfield that's the way and he also mm-hmm. Mike one of the first guys to, to get on the old internet yes in 95 he made himself really? a website and was emailing yeah. fans back in 95 and wow. uh, he was actually listed as one of the most popular websites in 1995 was the Rodney Dangerfield website. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Check that out. You stay staying up staying up on the uh, staying up on what was hip back in the day, man. But yeah, yeah, one of the greats to do it, man. One of the one of the best. No, he he was so fast on the comebacks, man. So fast. You watch some of the interviews 
of uh, of uh, Rodney on like on like the Late Show and those. They they'd throw something his way and right back just a perfect line like two seconds he'd have something to say and I'm like man that was smooth how'd you do that like yeah. I'm like I would <laughs> up so much I'd try to say something and and Johnny Carson would just stare at me and be like what didn't make any sense <laughs> at all that was bad how'd you like my Johnny yeah. Carson's pretty close. You got to be honest. That was I I nailed him. That was a good, good impersonation. (laughs) Regardless, Mike, let's see. What is that? You were two for three. Two for three. Nice, nice showing on the Thanksgiving special. So that gives you, uh, (sighs) let's see. What what do you you end up there? That would be 78 out of 138. Nicely done. Nicely Mm. done, Mike. Thank you, sir. We asked. I believe I missed Scarjo, though, man. Come on. Could have been three for three. Could have been three yeah. for three. Would have been a magic. Would have been a Thanksgiving uh, miracle. But it's 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 fine. It's fine. We'll save that's it. Okay. We'll save it, Mike. We have some fantastic shows. We have a terrific one next week. We have the great great band Juice coming on the show. These guys are out of Brooklyn, originally out of Boston. Can't wait to talk to them. It's going to be a fantastic show. But until then, we need to wrap it up, Mike. I have been your host, Doc G. With me, as always, the one, the only, Mikey Maximus, the Furnicus, Charette. Always a pleasure, Doc G. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. And until next week, zip it up and zip it out. Zippity-doo-dah.